All right, take a second and read your comments. Go ahead. Oh and no, no, no! I'll, I'll I'll do that on my phone. What while I, we're talking? I posted my my uh, my crazy axe video last night. The one where I remember. I, did I tell you guys last week? I think I did. I told you I found the the axe head or the part of the axe build in a crypt. Yeah. And and I staged that I found it in the street. I staged yeah. that I found it like on my grass. Well, apparently a lot of people heard that, and some people think that I staged the crypt segment. Because what happened was I was thinking this week, I'm like, wait a minute. I told those guys I staged finding the axe head on the property or the uh, the pickaxe. Only because I thought I didn't have the footage of the the crypt. And I went back to my little neck. I used a camera on my neck and I had it on and I forgot I had it on. And I had the footage of me walking into the crypt and looking down on the ground and finding the thing. And it's all real live footage. So a couple of people like somebody wrote and he's like, and now now in the morning, I'm like, was he kidding? He must have been kidding because I kind of snapped back at him. He said, it's sad that YouTubers have to resort to staging stuff for views. And it seems like kind of legit. Now I'm like, because a couple of the people make comments after that. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I talked about this on the podcast. I completely forgot. So I think he might have been kidding. So I said, you know what? I, I do things the way I used to do them. And people me. I do things new and I try to change my stuff up and people me and then I wrote you know by the way uh, that's 100% true that I found that when I did and so then I pinned a comment that says it's not staged I really found this in this old crypt and if I was going to stage it I would have done a little bit better cinematography to actually film me picking it up because like the camera just barely gets me bending down and picking it up I would have put the camera right next to it so like I pick it up and hold it like in the air you know as if like you know I would have put the camera where I was going not where I'm going to anyway so I have to get that so off my chest. You're a sellout and you stage your videos? I know, That's man. It. I don't know you. you. Know. I'm Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Hollywood. <God>. Somebody <laughs> says to me the other day, don't go all Hollywood on us and go do TV shows. And I wrote, dude, I did like six TV shows before <laughs> I did YouTube. <laughs> don't go back to Hollywood. Yeah, but he thought he was being clever. He's like, I work in the TV business. He, wrote, he, was, he was very nice. We ended up having a nice conversation. He goes, I work in the TV business and I see how it eats people alive. And he's right. And I agree with that. And uh, I said, but, you know, just so you know, I said, my career is something you obviously don't know nothing about. And he wrote back and said, oh, wow, I didn't know. Anyway, it was a nice conversation. But <laughs> sometimes I feel how... YouTube eats me alive. Yeah. So I sold out like fifteen times before I got to YouTube. I'm still <laughs> to sell out. I wish I could sell out. Uh, it's hard work to sell out. Really, it is. I try to sell it. It never sticks. I got to go back to digging ditches like every couple of years. <laughs> Trying my hardest to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> so you put up your axe video I put up my axe video last night yeah that's cool what else have you been doing what have I been doing um, oh last week I worked with the guys from ask this old house I saw them right after we did our podcast last week and that went really good These, they said there was a lot of pushback on the sign I did an episode last year where I made a sign and everybody's like why would I ever want to make a sign this is ridiculous as if the audience is one big giant class that has to follow along uh, so Heath told me they got a lot of pushback on the sign. And I kind of had that vibe. The little table did really well last year. He said much better. And But I think the two project builds we're doing this year, which is a vintage farmhouse table made modern and uh, a beach chair. Uh, we were talking about Adirondack chair. And then someone said, why don't you make a, somebody in the uh, in the brainstorm session so why don't you make that bench you made in front of your shop and someone said why don't you make that bench but make it skinnier and then I ended up making a chair similar to yours Bob but since we talked about the Adirondack style thing we kicked the legs out so it's kind of like a an Adirondack steel frame chair and it came out really good and everybody's like wow you got to make more of these and so I might and they, they left it with me so I have mm -hmm. it still they took the table but I have the the chair so we might me and Taylor might actually end up making a couple more of them and see if we can't do a little chair business and uh, I don't know you know I, I start a new business every time I open my mouth and I never follow through but who knows who knows who knows so that went well and um, I was anxious to finish my axe video and yesterday if any of you guys watched on Instagram I walked out to the field waiting for sundown all day long me and Taylor went and got a cantaloupe came back to the to the backyard and we have this old apple tree stump that's in the middle of the field and I was like I'll just use that and then I got all my 
bits and pieces together. I drove the side by side out there by the by the stump, which is probably about two hundred yards from the house, and I realized the stump is completely hollow. I was like, oh, I didn't know the stump was hollow, so I'm going to have a hard time. I wanted to get like the background to the trees, so I slammed that the axe into the edge of the hollow stump to see if it's stable enough to at least get a shot of me sticking it in. If I shoot low profile, you won't see that the stump is hollow. And I do it like four times. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm invisibly attacked by bees. I start panicking. I, I drop mm -hmm. everything. I, my glasses, both my glasses, my sunglasses, my real glasses, my hat. I ran full speed up to the house. The whole time I'm picturing there's like a swarm of bees around me. <laughs> I get up to the house and I, I run into the kitchen. My shirt's off. I'm flip-flopping it all around me, trying to like stop because I'm trying to get in the house because if there's a swarm around me, I want to at least minimize how many are going to hit me by the time I get inside the house. And I walk in and tell us in the kitchen. She's just laughing. She watched me run all the way up from the, from the, <laughs> the middle of the yard, which is like a really far run. I, I honestly never sprinted that far in my life. I thought I was going to get stung like a hundred times. I ended up getting stung about eight or 10 times. As we talk, I got stung right here in my beard right Ooh. on the cheek of my face. And the back of both my arms got stung somehow, once on my chest. And uh, then we're in the kitchen and like, I'm like coming down, I'm calming down and I go to put my shirt back on. And just as I put my shirt back on, I hear a bee buzz directly in my ear. Aww. He was like stuck in my shirt and I went to, and he would have went in my ear, I panicked. And so then I calmed down, calmed down. And now it's like maybe a half hour later and I wanna go find my glasses, my Beats headphones are gone. Everything, like I just went berserk. And I go down into the field and I have my can of spray glue with me in case they attack me. I could at least try and make a cloud of spray glue around me. And spray as, glue? Yeah. Imagine if imagine if you were like trying to fly with like like fake wings, like an old <laughs> nineteen twenty like crazy inventor, and somebody hit you with a tremendous can of spray glue, what would happen? Um, yeah. You would snarl up and fall on the ground. Yeah. It's it's really good deterrent. And, <laughs> And as I get near the stump, the axe, now the axe is like kind of half stuck in the stump right near the, and now there's like a few bees flying around. And now like I got to pull the axe out of the stump. So I'm like reaching at it like I'm trying to defuse a bomb. And I grab the very end of the axe and I go to pull it and a bee flies right into my face and I slap it. It flies like right into my eye pocket and I slapped it really hard. And I, now imagine punching yourself in the face really hard. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I like with all my might, I slapped myself right in like my face eye socket to kill the bee that was like about to sting me on my eyelid. You know the, the that, was, that was round two. When you text us and you use those little Jimmy Duresta cartoons, I don't know where they came from, but yeah, there's a thing called bit emoji. Okay, that, I'm just picturing cartoon Jimmy just just going crazy right now. Oh, and so I'm like, I go back up to the house and, I, and so that bee did not sting me. But I, as I like hit and rolled off my eye socket, I felt like I felt him like mush under my fingertips and like I got him from stinging me. He didn't sting me. Got my axe back, got my glasses, my sunglasses, never found my beats. And I get back up to the house and I have like a tremendous throbbing headache from slapping myself in the face as hard <laughs> as I possibly could. I was like, I'm not going to let you get me B. And I... Literally, like with all my might, I just punched myself in the face. Oh, oh. Well, that well, was my laugh at you, but that's, no, no, that's it a really was funny story. Thank God, like, thank God, my tongue didn't swell up and I didn't suffocate to death on the floor of my kitchen. Thank God, I've never been like afraid of bees. I never knew it was like you know. I never, I never had an aversion to bees. I grew up with a kid that if he got stung by a bee, he would die, and so I was always mm. like cautious of like not stirring up a pot of bees. I never knew. I, I always knew I didn't have that allergy that my friend Brian had. But there's our cover yeah, image. What's that? Our cover image for this episode. <laughs> Me punching myself in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny. So I posted. I ended up getting the shots. I compromised a different point of view, a different stump, and blah blah. blah. I got everything I needed, and then I put the video. And a lot of the comments are like, "Where's the scene of you running down the yard?" I didn't even have a chance to turn the camera on. It was all still in the in the side by side. I, I just wanted to see if the axe would even stay in that stump, and I started hitting it, and that's when I woke the whole swarm of bees up. So I went back there after everything calmed down. I went back there with a can of 3M77 spray glue, and I sprayed the whole entire stump and all the grass around it. So those bees should have a fun time trying to land. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it makes sense to use spray adhesive. I just never would have thought of that as a way to trap bugs. It's, it's obviously messy, so you can't do it like in, in the house. But if you're outside, like for instance, we have 
have this big giant arbor press and there's a giant wasp nest underneath that. So every once in a while I spray all around it and then I come back and there's like 20 bees like, hey, wait a minute. How come we can't go anywhere? They're all like landing <laughs> to go into the into the hornet's nest underneath it or whatever it is. One of these hmm. days I'll move it and I got to build a stand for that. It's on my list of things to do. I've always used like a, there's this wasp spray that's like a foaming thing and it shoots like 20 feet this really jet so you can get really far away from it and spray it (laughs) exactly spider-man style and it sprays and it it hits the nest and then foams up into the nest so they get stuck in there and then they die in there so you can knock the whole thing throw it all away oh yeah that's like a way of that's like a kind of a use of spray glue in a way (laughs) spray glue except everything doesn't get sticky around you whereas does so jimmy if you ever redo your glue video you gotta throw that tip in there yeah and you know how that that, that happened that this is i probably told the story when i was working and living at my mother's house one day i, I hear like a i'm like it sounds like a helicopter's in the room i look around and there's a hornet like i like i've never seen before or since it is crazy. Is any? You guys ever see? There has been a meme. Maybe it's just like my algorithm. There's been a meme. It keeps popping up. I haven't watched it yet. Of some scientist holding a big wasp, like stinging his finger. You guys, it, it's been like a, it's like a viral video. It keeps no. popping up, and I haven't watched it. It's this big giant wasp, and the 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 image is of the wasp being held by like a doctor, and the doctor's finger is also about to be stung by the lobe on the the bottom of this wasp, and the wasp looks like he's probably if you would like to lay him down he's probably two and a half inches long and all oh fat gosh i'm looking at that right That's it's crazy a, that was in my workshop when i was about <laughs> 20 years old i was about 20 21 years old and that was flying my girlfriend at the time was laughing so hard she's like well, you're such a baby i'm like i'm not getting stung by that thing that thing will put me into a coma this thing was flying around my shop and i swatted it with a stick and it still was so I swatted it and it fell to the and it ground. Broke the stick. I'm just kidding. And it, it fell to the ground and it moved around and it started to fly again. I'm like, now I pissed it off. So I ran out of the room and closed the door. And for like the next couple of hours, I was afraid to go in there. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, oh, I could snarl them up with spray glue. So I had a can of spray glue outside the workshop door. So I opened up the door. This is in my mother's basement when I was a kid. I went into the door like 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 a ghost hunter looking for this thing. And <laughs> And it was like buzzing near the window trying to get out. And now I'm thinking he's still mad at me because I hit him with a stick. And so I just hit him with the spray glue. And he fell down dead. Not dead, but, you know, not able to come at me. And then I I stuck him on the wall. He's probably still on the wall of that shop. I stuck a pin through him and put him on the wall. He might still be there. If I find him, I'll send out a picture. But yeah, that that, that, that that was 30 years ago. But that was the first time I use spray glue to snarl up a bug and that's what I've been using ever since. But hmm. when I had that whole roach infestation in my New York City apartment, I couldn't use spray glue because you can't use it like in a non-workshop environment because you get it on everything. Yeah. So that's when I become very accustomed to the smell of all those wasp and roach smells. Like when I smell it instantly, it reminds me of the time in my apartment. That was a time for another story. Story for another time. <laughs> Alright, I'm done talking about my beast things. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you didn't puff up and die from your yeah. beasting. That's a good thing. David, what have you been up to? Nothing. Nothing that compares to those stories. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, just launched uh, our brand new website over the weekend, and I'm really nice. excited about that. We got new t-shirts. This is a total plug, by the way, but we got new t-shirts and stickers and magnets. Uh, the site's not completely done but it's but it's completely functional uh i'm meeting with um my developer friend this week and we're going to discuss some ui ux stuff and uh redesigning the front page but i'm really happy i finally have a site that's working as it should and uh yeah and and then at the same time we launched a site uh also put out a video for beer tote little beer caddy for craft shows which is uh, this is the second time I've made this video. The first time was one of my first videos, and surprisingly, I didn't get a lot of "Didn't you make this before?" Um, just a just a couple people, and uh, that's doing that's doing okay. But uh, yeah, that's what's going on over here. I'm I'm getting ready for some some craft shows in November. Cool. 
I, I haven't watched that one yet, but did you mention at all that you had done it before? I or did. did you mm-hmm. just yeah, it? I did, yeah. Um, I watched that last night. I watched a lot of YouTube videos last night. Everybody. <laughs> Bob doesn't watch any vi- YouTube videos anymore. So. <laughs> <I noticed. laughs> um, well, that's because he's changed. You know. I know. I've changed. Yeah. So there's there's a couple other videos that I want to redo, uh, just because some of these items they've sold well at the craft shows in the past, and I want to remake them. And I also want to remake the the videos and kind of update the plans a little bit with some some new techniques or new styles and stuff so uh you know hopefully people can understand why i'm remaking some of these things and i'm going to try to do some new craft stuff too so and this is all dependent on if i get accepted to the craft show uh there's, there's this huge craft show that happens twice a year in toledo called handmade toledo and when i was a web developer i used to develop their website so I got in no matter what, and I didn't have to pay the $150 booth fee, but I'm no longer associated with them. So I actually have to fill out an application and wait to see if I get accepted and, and all that. Hmm. I mean, do, are you worried about that? Like if it if you didn't get accepted, is that gonna be an issue or do you just like, eh, whatever? Uh, it, it'd be just like, eh, whatever, but then I'm gonna have all these things that I'm gonna need to sell. So. Etsy, my website, or whatever. It won't be a big deal at all. So, yeah, gotcha. Well, that's cool. Um, to, how, it's been a, I guess, a year or so since you've done the craft show thing. Are you excited about the process of making several <laughs> things multiple times, or you know, of setting up the the booth? I mean, is that stuff? Yeah. Like, um, are you looking forward to that stuff, or is it just another thing to do? A little bit. So it's been two years. So November will be two years since I've done one. I'm excited that people respond well to them because people are always looking for a reason to make or the people want to make money woodworking and so this is one way to do so you're not going to make a living doing it but you can you know reclaim some some money to get new tools or, or materials and i'm trying to think of a um a way to make a booth it's almost like a i, I want think of it like a trade show but like how can i set up a booth that tears down maybe holds my stuff for for carrying or whatever so i'm excited about the possibility of coming up with a way of showcasing this stuff hmm and do you think if you had like a consistent way or like a convenient way to be able to move your stuff around would you do more of the no. that type of really? no um i think one one maybe two craft shows a year is all I really want to do. But I, I like the idea of coming up with that that way to make it convenient to teach other people to do to do so. You know what I just pictured? I pictured like a, a screen, a privacy screen. Uh-huh. Where the top, like let's say it's like a, a four panel privacy screen, you make two of them, maybe 20 inches each or something. 20 inches for each section and the top is your logo cut completely through to like 3d make something top of each one and so, uh and maybe cross cnc style oh you're saying the privacy screen is like a like a backdrop of everything yeah mm. yeah and then it kind of folds up yeah hmm. just a thought yeah I mean, doing those shows is difficult i did a lot of them it's and it's difficult to pack up and get rid of stuff and yeah at the end of every day yeah you're exhausted after you stand for eight hours and then mm-hmm. you have to pack up and, and go home it so my awesome. my friend Forby uh, that's working with me uh, his wife is a weaver she weaves all sorts of stuff and they have done several trade shows or trade shows craft shows where she'll teach people how to weave but also sell the stuff that she's worked on and they've said in the past that like the whole getting everything there setting it up and displaying it in a way that's an efficient use of the space because usually they're not huge booths, right? And being able to show all that and then pack it up and take it like that that process is, is the worst awesome. part of doing the whole thing. And so at one point we talked about making them like a – they had seen something, uh, and I can't remember all the details of it now, but it was like this – like a military medical uh, box – and it was like this one rolling cart that you could roll in, a table would kind of unfold from it, 
And then there were a bunch of drawers and stuff that would kind of open up. And so it was a mobile medical situation of some sort. And this person had reclaimed it and painted it up and everything and turned it into their way to show off. I think they had jewelry or something to be able to bring all of their goods in this big container and have a table built into it, have display built into it and storage. And so at one point we had talked about maybe doing something like that for her. Um, I don't know if they need it anymore, but anyway, you may want to look at, then your situation would be different because your goods are bigger. Yeah. And so maybe the storage you know, mechanism wouldn't work. Some, something I've done in the past is I've, uh, I have this old like four year old video of these wooden crates made by a two by four. And so we have like six of those laying around and they work great for carrying things. And then I would flip them upside down and stack them and then lay a, a, a live slab over top of that to make, to make my table. And so that has worked in the past. And uh, I do want to say the one thing I'm worried about not getting accepted is I'm not worried about the quality of my stuff, um, not getting accepted, but it's, um, other, other woodworkers. So you don't. The, the people that are, are judging don't want too many woodworkers there. They don't want too many, um, you know, of of one thing. Like Kelly applied too. She makes baskets, and usually she's the only basket maker there. So I don't think she'll have a problem getting in. So it would stink if Kelly gets accepted and I don't. I would I would feel very very sad. You could sneak into her booth. I could. could definitely do that. To be like, oh, this is a totally a basket. Yes, it looks like a cutting board, but it's a basket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a cutting basket. It's a cutting basket. <clears throat> well, that's cool. I hope it works out. When are you going to find out? Do you have any idea? Uh, there's a date on the website when they said they would announce it, but I don't know what that date is yet. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, so the video that's coming out for me this week, we're actually getting ready to leave town. We're leaving tomorrow to go to California to do a collaboration. Um, and I'll talk more about that in the future, but it's going to be a fun, fun build. Uh, we're going out to work with Matter Hackers, the company that does 3D printing stuff. They're fantastic. So we're going to go make something for their office. And the day that this podcast come out comes out on Friday, I will probably be doing a meetup in... Orange County uh, somewhere, but I'm not sure where yet or exactly when, but probably on Friday night. So if you're interested in meeting up in California, south of LA a little bit, um, check my Twitter because that's probably where I'll be posting about it. But the video that's going out this week while we're gone is a catapult. And we we decided, I was talking to my kids um, when the day that we, the channel passed 2 million I was talking to them and they were like, what are you going to do? You got to do, make a crazy video. And like, I don't know. I don't really, you know, it's not a big deal. And one of my kids said, you should make a catapult. And I was like, that sounds like a, that sounds fun. Let's do that. I don't know why, but let's do that. So we threw together this catapult, uh, in a couple hours with just some stuff, uh, from the hardware store. And I didn't really plan ahead or anything. And it actually ended up working out really well. It, it works pretty well and the video was fun so we used it to shoot stuff at me and I got to try out some of, like I used my katana to cut some of the stuff in half that was being that was flying at you shot at me oh yeah. that's amazing and I used the my different things that I'd made I used them to fight off the things that were being shot at me um so it was fun we had a good time but that'll be out this week I've uh what did you cut in half with the katana what did you what was it um, we did some heads of lettuce, and one of them just, you can see it in the video, it, it like spread, like opened up before it even got to me, so it was just like a somebody threw a salad at me. <laughs> but I, I was still going to swing through it, but it looks like it, you know, is already shredded before it got there. The second head of lettuce came in solid and sliced right through it. It was oh, awesome, because nice. I picked it up and it has like a flat edge Oh, that's to so it. cool. Like, oh, very cool. And um, did tomatoes. And I have a tomato with like a really clean cut through it. And then I also use the uh, canoe paddle to just smack some stuff. So they were shooting pieces of watermelon at me and so was and tomatoes and smacking those and those exploded pretty well stuff. So it was fun. And then I shot like uh, marshmallows and popcorn at my kids. I was like, hey kids, you just got home from school. Go stand right there. <laughs> I would stand there and it's like marshmallows and stuff. But we had fun. It was I follow you on Instagram, good. and every once in a while I see progress on some of the, the Star Wars stuff. 
Yeah, the Shore Trooper costume um, has been a thing that I've been working on for, I don't know, a couple of years now, like in the background. And it's always the thing that I work on on, uh, well, I only work on it pretty much on live, on the live stream. And in the past month or two, I've just been like fed up with it. I'm like, this thing has got to get done. It's just in the way, like my mental way and physically in the way. And so I've been trying to put in a little bit of time on it each day, just something, you know? And so really quickly, it's gotten all painted. I've got a lot of it to where it, you can put it on, you can, it's fit. Um, and then I started weathering things this past week. So now everything has like, looks like, you know, the trooper fell down the hill and got beat up by some rocks and stuff. Um, that stuff's really fun to do, but it's getting very close. It's, it's almost complete, which is nice. I'm looking forward to having it done. Once it's complete, are you going to go to any sort of Comic-Con and, and wear it? Or is it just, that's a thing that I did and I'm moving on? I'm, I really only want it because I want to have it. I don't really care about wearing it. Okay. But I will wear it somewhere at least once just to have, you know, I mean, to put on all that work, you got to wear it one time. Right. Um, there's a big, there's a big Star Wars, um, convention kind of thing called celebration and it happens every two years or so and the last one was in orlando two years ago and i took the kids uh our whole family went and it was a lot of fun because there's just people in tons of costumes a lot of kids in costumes and um this year or this coming year it's in chicago and it's in april and so i think we're probably going to drive up for that and i should have it done by then so if i do i may wear it for part of that just to have it out somewhere and then probably never put it on again after that. <laughs> it's also a lot of work to put on. Like, I don't uh, know how people go to these places and put on these costumes all the time, but so. <clears throat> would you wear it to a parent teacher conference? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. I could do that. I mean, it would be like, I would probably be the coolest dad on the block uh, at Halloween if I were to walk around the neighborhood in like full getup. But. Or the nerdiest dad on the block, one or the other. Those two <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, so we got some questions left over from Twitter. You guys want to run through some of those? All right. There's a bunch of them, and I didn't make a good list of them. They're just screenshots. So. Wait, David, didn't you have like a. Th you, didn't you have kind of a topic that was. Yeah, I was thinking um, this is just something that's been on my mind, but how are we different now from when we started making YouTube videos? And that could be uh, knowledge, attitude, whatever. Because I feel, uh, before we hit record, Jimmy's like, I'm, I'm the, I've been the same person, but I feel like I'm completely different now than I was before. I'm, hmm. I'm definitely more confident in what I do. And I, I feel like I know a ton about editing and and getting a, the, the the feel of my videos to a to a certain way. And when I started making videos, I really did not know a lot about woodworking, and I just kind of grew um, as my channel grew. I grew in, in knowledge as well. So I feel like I am completely different. I am way better at so many things i have a better attitude on on life and uh i thought maybe it would be a, a fun little topic yeah i got something to add to that hit me well yeah i'm really curious because you did say jimmy that you feel like you're exactly the same and from obviously uh, people have a, uh, an idea of themselves other people have an idea you know for inside outside perspective is very different so i would love yeah. to hear more about you thinking that you're the same because I disagree but it's also like who cares what I think <laughs> yeah no well I I feel that my my work ethic and what I my creativity is the same so from my point of view like what I do most of the time feels like it's still the same come up with an idea germinate on that idea for a couple of days maybe a couple of weeks maybe a couple of months and then work on that idea and take it to a point where like, mm, I'm not sure I'm done with this. I'm not sure this is where I want to go. Let me go to the side. Even if that takes a day 
or a month or three months. You know, that, that sort of workflow is always still the same with me. How many ideas, like if you look through my vlogs, how many ideas have I said, oh, I'm gonna do this, this is gonna be my great big next thing, and then I put it to the side and I haven't finished that video yet. Quite a few of them I was thinking about that the other day. But <clears throat> I guess from a point of view of like a career growth, obviously we've all grown so much. I mean, a lot of this, you know, Steve Marin just did, uh, uh, Steve from Mere Mortals, working for Mere Mortals, just did his 10 year anniversary video, which was pretty cool. He talked about how everything has changed as far as YouTube and, and him personally. And uh, so that was a good, so you can check that out if you want to see somebody talk about 10 year anniversary. But one thing that we've all become, I mean, aside from sellouts, is we've all become really good ad men. And I mean that, oh, it, yeah. it sounds like a joke, but we've all, like, now how savvy are we and everybody, you know, much of the chagrin of a lot of the trolls about ads and talking to a company and how we can do best for them. I mean, I guarantee you, we all have a PhD in advertising. As far as like if an advertising company wanted to hire somebody, I think we could all probably suit that bill because we know what our audience likes. We, know, we certainly know what they hate <laughs> because we get that. Um, and I think that's a, a, a kind of intangible education we all got that we, we stopped to, we never really stopped to take a look at. Because the minute we get an, it pitched an ad, we decide whether we want to do it or not. It, you know, it, it may seem like we're all, at least I can speak for myself, we all look like we're money grubbing fools and taking everything that comes in the door. And that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of things I say no to because they just don't suit the audience. I try to get creative with the with the gaming videos, but I've decided I'm not going to do those anymore because I try to get creative, but they didn't really want to go that way once they said yes. And there's that, and there is the, the the digital fabrication, which is something I honestly was just always intimidated by. I never, ever thought I was going to do it, and now it's a breeze. And, you know, I'm working on getting a new laser, a big laser. I remember one of the first things we talked about when we first started this podcast, which was, what, three or four years ago? How many years ago was it we start this? October was yeah. in four years. Oh, wow, four. I think October will be four years on Halloween. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> on four years ago. You guys ago, are old. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, not to spit numbers, but four years ago we were getting like two and three thousand dollars for ad placements, and we were like, oh man, I'm afraid to ask for two thousand because they might say no. You know, like there's that kind of stuff. So we've changed as far as a, you know, our career, and I remember thinking, oh, I want a laser. You know, I had no idea how I would get one. I didn't think I had the ad capacity to get one for free at that time. So I didn't know if I was ever going to get one. If I ever got one, it would be a used one. And I did get a used one from, from you, David. So you got my laser my laser uh, education kicked off. And thank you for that. So it, it's just, it's been going, it's been like a slow, steady education on everything. So I'm that much wiser. I'm that much sat more savvy that much more you know eyes open going into various deals and potential collaborations and and on top of that every everybody i talk to on a daily basis is somebody i met through youtube hmm. i i mean i didn't have like a super close relationship with the guys i grew up with we all went in our own directions and everybody has families there are guys i still talk to but in general on a day-to-day -day basis I, if I speak to 10 people today, they will all be people that I met through YouTube. And I consider mm. almost everybody a close friend. So it's pretty amazing how the world has opened up for, for me in that way. And, and that's really the most, that's the, the, the most beautiful thing about it is, you know, I get an email, hey, my such and such needs this. And I give a little bit of information, you know, parents calling for kids and, you know, spouses calling for their, their, their significant other. and. You know, people just hit me directly saying thank you. And you know, some of that is just, it's just so gratifying. One of the, you, you brought up, uh, you know, we could work at a ad agency. And I was, it got me thinking, I used to be a web developer before quitting and, and doing the YouTube thing. I don't think I could go back to being a web developer because I'm in out of the game for four, almost five years. And I was like, there's so many other jobs that I could take on though. I could, I, I, I feel like I could be a media buyer for an ad agency. I could be a social media manager. I could be a video editor or a, um, a, a video guy. Like there's so many other jobs that I'm, I, I feel like I could do now. And storyteller, you know, the three of us, you know, just talking about the three of us, but all YouTubers in general get better and better at telling stories. You know, if you were able to retain your audience and continue to grow in a positive direction, 
you, you, how many of us, we look at our early videos mm. and we think, oh, you know, we got much tighter, much better. So overall, it's been a tremendous education with like 17 different disciplines. It's hard to even nail down all the different disciplines mm -hmm. that we're good at. And, and uh, the one thing for me, it's like, oh, I want to try something new. I want to try something new. I want to try something new, which is something we never, I personally never could have done because I'm busy chasing the, the built-in closet for two, three thousand dollars, the next table for three thousand dollars, the next, uh, and there's no time in between to say, oh, let me try out this new domino joint or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So. Do you think you're... Um like your intention or your, um, I can't really think how to ask it. Like the drive that you have, the reason that you are interested in certain things, has that changed along with all of that other stuff? Or is it still kind of like you're just curious and you're just still interested in the same stuff? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's gotten more, I've gotten more curious because now I know I have a little bit more breathing room to be able to take some time to experiment with something. Like I said, in the past, I'm just hustling, running around, making sure this bill's paid, that bill's covered. You know, I have a little bit of a cushion now, so I can take a little bit of time to experiment with something. If I don't feel like working all day on a Sunday, I could work half the day and then experiment half the day. And so I think my intention is the same um, as far as my, my drive to be creative as an artist, but there's definitely a lot more of like, oh man, this will be cool. People will really dig if I did this. This is a great little tip. I'd be happy to show this. So yeah, there's a lot of that now that I know people are always looking for that. And so uh, there is a, a little bit more of the, oh, this is going to be a cool little educational s tidbit here or there. You know, so I'm always looking for that as well. And sometimes I'll 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 take the long road just to show a process, which I've done that from the beginning. You know, sh take the long road to show something that could do a different way but just to give people a flavor of something different i think for me the uh intention immediately changes as soon as you do something you go from something that you do for fun to something that you do to keep the lights on and so i in, instead of like i'm just going to try this thing and there's no time limit and i can experiment and if it doesn't work no big deal to where now i have to do this thing because i have a commitment to myself to the, the people that watch the videos and to the, the sponsors. And that puts a little bit more pressure, puts a time constraint on, on things. And, uh, and so sometimes my intention is I just need to make a video a instead of taking the time to experiment. And then I do have, I, I am in a very lucky position where I can take the time to experiment and try new things, but uh, it's, 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 it's a different feeling than it was five years ago. I, I was curious about that as well because you said several times uh, in the last couple of years like you are going more towards being an artist and being known for a certain style and stuff like that and I think when you started I mean correct me if I'm wrong but it seemed a little less of that and more just like hey I'm going to make this thing oh, yeah. is that is that a, like a, an intentional change that's happened since then or is that just like an evolution I or, think or it's, off base yeah I think it's more of an evolution I'm, I, I've, I've never really said okay next month I'm going to do more creative artsy type stuff it's just uh, I'm, I'm just starting to bring that stuff into into my pieces I think it's just a natural evolution it's like my brain knows that I want to get more towards being creative arty and having a style and so that just naturally goes into to what i do so i'm curious to see where i'll be five years from now and the type of projects that i'm doing yeah i think for me like i I've, i think i'm changing constantly in a bunch of ways um and my hope is that uh those changes are honing things rather than like I, i'm not i'm not one for Hey, let's go left now. You know, like I don't, I don't want to just like make a big hard turn. That's just not my personality. But I do hope that I've been <clears throat> constantly adjusting little things. And I mean, if you look back at my older videos and stuff, it's pretty obvious. I've gotten a lot more comfortable on camera. I'm a little more in control of um, getting the idea across. Like being able to to project something and like if I want this to be said or I want to get somebody to understand this thing I think I have better control over being able to do that and make that happen um, so I, I and I think that's just like a muscle 
that's just a skill that's been you know with practice because every time I well so I did a lumber cart recently and I did a lumber cart a long time ago it was a different totally different kind and everything but Josh put a link to that older video you know with the new one um and so a bunch of people went and watched it and then left comments like like why were you so depressed or <laughs> like you look stupid without a beard that kind of thing which is you know really great thank you everybody but it's funny when those <laughs> those older videos get like a little spike and people go back and they watch that thing and they're like wow that's very different in one way or another you know for better or for worse um but then that always triggers me to go back and start to watch them. I'll watch like a few seconds and I'm like, oh, wow, this is bad, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't finish them. But when you see something like that, it's super easy to be like, yeah, here are a million things that have changed. I understand a little bit better how to um, get something that I'm doing portrayed in video. Like I can capture it better. And now Josh is running camera, so that's even a, a different thing. It's It's like... He, he handles most of that, but occasionally I will say, I think we should shoot something this way, but really that's not even in my hands anymore. Um, but even in the way that I say things, the stuff that I include in my voiceover has changed a bit because I think I've honed that down to trying to be as concise as possible. And, you know, I think the editing's gotten better. Again, that's not really me. That's Forby. He's been editing for several years the fact that I have two people that I can say like this video is made from three people, not just me. That's a pretty big change since the beginning. So I I think stuff is constantly changing for me. Um, And I think one of the things that I've tried, this is interesting. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but this is an interesting point. Um, One of the things that I have been thinking a lot about lately, you know, we always talk about, We don't always, but occasionally we'll talk about trolls or about how comments make us feel and things like that. And there's this tendency, I think, as you go along with something and you've been doing it for several years, to get like a hardened heart or hardened response to things to where, you know, like now every time I, if I mention comments being hard or, you know, hurtful or something, people are like, oh, just suck it up. Just ignore those guys. Just whatever, you know, toughen up and... (laughs) That's what and I was just going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. I know you were. That's what I said. <laughs> and, you know, and even like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how as things continue to grow, that gets harder and harder to keep up with. Like, it's hard to keep up with the number of inputs that you get from all different directions, positive or negative. Like, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. One of the things that I've been trying to figure out for myself is how do I let my response to those things, for good or bad, change as time goes on and I think the natural thing is to be like I'm just going to step back I'm going to be less involved in comments I'm going to let you know I'm going to like go off and do my thing and let the comments and let the emails and all that stuff just fall away or be less effective to me less affecting to me and so like I've been thinking a lot I'm reading this book right now and it's it's about um, vulnerability and I've been thinking a lot about how one of the, oh man, this got really deep. One of the more brave things that you can do is not step back. <sighs> so like one of the the ways to stay connected to the people that you're engaging with, whether that's like, um, you, you know, people close to you or people around you in a business or people in an audience or whatever it's super easy to be like, I'm going to step back away from this and just disengage with these people because it's easier. And as things grow and as things get more close or as things get more human and real deeper, I'm going to back off. That's safer, but it's actually far more brave and scary, but also more rewarding to stay engaged with the people around you. And so like, as I'm changing in all these different ways and stuff is getting more refined hopefully and more you know honed in on what how I want to present things and also I want to try really hard not to disengage this is just a therapy session for me at this point but I know a lot of times like when when I see a negative comment I always I usually dive right in and and most of the time I, I I also often just delete them which is if someone's if I could tell somebody's just too unreasonable I'll delete it 
<clears throat> but there are times where most of the time, like last night, after I commented back to that guy, in hindsight, I realized he might have been joking based on the comments we said here. He might have been kidding. And uh, if he's listening, I apologize for coming back at you. But, uh, you know, I never come in rude. I never come in. I come in kind of clever. And uh, that usually disarms a lot of people. A lot of people will come back and go, oh, man, I watch. I didn't know you read these comments. Wow, I'm a big fan. You know, I, I had this whole conversation with a guy in eBay. A guy, like another eBay artist attacked me for... An eBay seller attacked me for putting up my toolbox. He says, I'm, you're taking advantage of your fame. I was like, I'm not taking advantage. I put the toolbox out for $10. It could sell for $10. Then I got to sell it the toolbox for $10. This is a completely open level playing field. I put it up because a lot of people said, hey, that would be funny if you did. And then I started doing that. Not to and mention you earned that, though. Yeah, for real. You made it, right? Yeah. No, this was a, this was a toolbox that I that was beat up in my truck. He's like, oh, because it ended oh, up getting to about three hundred dollars. He's like, oh yeah, that is ridiculous. I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It goes three hundred dollars for a piece of junk, and I had every intention of putting an ice pick in it. I put a Zippo lighter in it. I put a bunch of tools from the shop. Uh, so I put a couple of posters in there for the guy. So the guy that won it is going to be overjoyed when he opens it. Because I wasn't just going to sell him an LP toolbox. Anyway, I went back and forth with this guy, but I'm like, what is it? Like, He kind of got to me a little bit, but I had tried to have a clever conversation with him because the the eBay thing has a problem with like you know certain words because it thinks you're trying to have a, like a secret communication, like call me outside of the system. It kept blocking the email. Uh, it kept blocking the response. Uh -huh. So I eventually just said, hey, you know what, buddy? Worry about your own life. I'm doing my thing. You do your thing. And uh, he came back and he's like, you know, I really like your stuff, but things have changed for you. And I'm like, I said, where were you seven years ago? Let's look at your life seven years ago compared to today. And that's what, you know, most people think that we're, because of like, they might find a video from eight years ago and then they find a video from today and I'm doing like an ad pitch. They're like, oh man, this guy's a sellout. But there's been a long gradual thing. I forgot the point I was making. Well, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was talking about disengagement, but I think that's part oh, of the whole thing saying yeah. diving in i'm saying dive in that was the point i was making and then you could have you could end up having a, a fairly intellectual conversation with somebody like that guy we didn't end up fighting we ended up kind of having a conversation but i was like you know what worry about yourself but at the bottom line is you know we didn't end up yelling at each other and i felt better about engaging with them than just deleting it and moving on and like i said that was like my personal email that wasn't that was somebody it wasn't yeah. just a, a public comment that was like a conversation with somebody behind the scenes well and to be clear, I'm not ta when I'm talking about disengagement, I'm not talking about like <clears throat> it's more brave to engage all the people that are mean. I'm not talking about that. I just mean yeah. rather than than just stepping back from all of communication. Right. You know, rather than breaking off and just being like, I'm going to go over here and be this person and ignore right. all the people that are supporting what I do for better right. or for worse. I just mean, you know, still continue to ignore negative stuff delete bad comments i'm not even talking about comments i'm just talking about staying engaged in the thing you know because when i look at like my career now it's a career my business the company that i own the people that i employ that stuff is all built from a pretty high level of engagement with the people that that like it and so if i out of some like personal what I don't even know what you would call it I just decide to like I'm just not going to engage with everybody anymore like how fair is that to those people who have put in the effort and who are affected by and want to affect what I do like that's not cool so anyway as my point being is like as stuff changes and as things grow and as I do tend to shift directions over time like now I want to do some bigger longer term projects and that's going to change some stuff probably um I just want to make sure that I'm also not using that as an excuse to disengage from people and from communication with people who deserve some attention, honestly. I don't know. That was just something I've been thinking about a lot. Maybe not relevant to this conversation, but put it in there anyway. Now, when you did... Somebody when, did... Go ahead, Dave, you go. I was just going to say, when you mentioned stepping back from the comments a little bit, for me, I thought, well, good for you. I don't think I could do that because that's that's the rewarding part of what I do. That's the that's for all the feedback and all the good comments and and the um, uh, the encouragement comes from. So I couldn't quite understand that. Although I don't get nearly as many comments as you, and so I am 
I'm happy to hear that you are going to stay engaged and, and continue reading and responding to those comments. It's it's funny because we all know 98, 99% of the comments are good. And so good comments are the norm. So the bad comments are the, the, the outside ones and they're the ones that stick out. And people will always say, just, just ignore them. But when somebody calls you, an, if a handful of people call you an idiot every single day of your life, it's going to affect you at times, you know? Yeah, it is. And I think the challenge there is just not letting it outweigh the other stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think that is that is another area of growth, at least for me, is how those things affect me, you know, over the last five years or so. Um, not that they don't affect me anymore, but they affect me in a different way, and they affect me for a much shorter time than they used to. And I think that's just, I guess, maturity, you know, that happens over time. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. That's like the, I think the reason that they stand out and the reason that they're impactful is because they are the outlier. They are the thing that is, you know, it, it doesn't happen as often. So it's just like, whoa. Yeah. They're the they're hornet that flies into your workshop because you're not expecting hmm. that, you know? like. So anyway, but I, I think I've changed a ton. Um I hope in good ways. I think in good ways. But it's also really hard to quantify, like, the amount of change over a five-year period, you know? It's hard for me to, like... I When I can compare the videos and say, like, yeah, I'm more comfortable on camera, that seems pretty obvious. I think I'm better at putting together, like, thinking through how to present something. It's funny, like, last night I laid down... Usually don't have any trouble going to bed. Last night I laid down and started thinking through... Uh, how do we present this thing that we're going to California to do this week? Like, what do we need to shoot before we leave as a setup? What do we need to shoot on the way there? What do we need to shoot there so that we get the set the correct setup for the whole thing? And I don't think a few years ago I would have thought that far into it. I think I would have gotten to this morning and be like, okay, what do we do now? And it's kind of weird that, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of cool, I think, that I'm aware enough of what I need to do to make a video the way I want it to be, that I can think through, like, what's the best way to do this before we even get to a point to where we can shoot anything? Like, how do I structure this? Um, that feels cool. It feels a little less seat of the pants, you know. Although a lot of, like the uh, the other day, the catapult thing was totally seat of the pants. We were just like, I don't know, let's make a catapult. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and it worked. And so that's fun too. I mean, it's nice to have both of those, but I, I guess the experience of uh, trying to get a, a project start to finish across and give it context, you know, several hundred times over the course of several years, I guess it's just a practice thing. But You know, a lot of times I just trust my instincts because I got to remind myself, Oh, I've been at this for so long, or I've been here for so long, and everything has been fairly successful. Most, you know, look at the career arc, it's been fairly successful. And you think to yourself, all right, don't overthink it, just go into it. It's going to work out just like the other 500 videos that we've made. So a lot of times when I don't really have a clear vision, I just jump right in and things start to work out. So I have faith and just step right into it and start working. So... Talk How about, you know, sometimes you have a perfect plan, sometimes you don't, you know, that's the thing. How many videos have you made, Jimmy? Uh, I just noticed last night on my channel, I have over 500 and change. I put oh, at least 100 man. on the Make channel. Um, and then various other videos. I think I did 20 for uh, Core 77. I did five for Rockler. So somewhere in like the 600 and change. I have in what I have a folder that is basically it's just a hard drive that just has every movie I've ever made and it's mm -hmm. over 700 but that has to do a lot of like you know doubles and voiced over stuff and so somewhere in the area 600 to 700 videos that are like that published is, that is a around. lot of videos last year I put out 52 videos this year I'm not going to come close to that I'm it'll I might have uh 15 or so less videos but I I was quite surprised that I got out a video every week last year. Wow. 
I put out like five videos in the last week, four videos. In the last week. <laughs> they just keep getting ready. I'm like, ah, I want to show this off. I mean, it's probably not a good idea not to paste them, but sometimes I don't put a video up for two weeks. You know, so it's just one of the. Why I try not to get caught up in the schedule. One of the things that helps me is I have a camera person that shows up every Tuesday morning, and so I. I have to be ready. I have to shoot. That's it's the thing that keeps me from like, you know what? Maybe we'll take the week off, you know, because somebody yeah. else is dependent on me. I felt that a lot more uh, since Josh has been on. Like, I mean, he's here every day, so we can film. You know, we still have the fluidity to film whenever we want. But there is that part of me. It's just like, man, I really don't feel like doing this today. Like, I would love to just, you know, and if I was on my own, if I was the only one here, I would do that a lot more often. Not a lot more often. I mean, I think I'm pretty, uh, pretty good at staying on task. But anytime I do feel that, I'm like, yeah, but I'm also paying somebody to be here. <laughs> yeah. So if I go in the other room and just goof around for a little while, I'm still paying that guy to be here. Yep. You know, and he and also he has he has to have something to do. So yeah, it's interesting how that changes stuff. Because you would think, like, yeah, if you can, if you have somebody on staff, like, they can go do work and you can goof off a little bit. You can take some time and just, like, that's not really how it works, which is <laughs> kind of weird. But, a lot more to do to make sure everybody's busy. Yeah. Plus, you're setting the example. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's been good just to have that accountability. I think that's a good thing, whether it's one day a week or, you know, all the time. All right. Well, you guys got anything else on how we've changed? Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts about each other? Is there anything about us that you've seen change? Well, I've said this before, but Bob, when I first met you, you sent me an email or something. I don't know how we very first connected, but I started looking at all your branding and I thought you were like another company like Make Magazine. <laughs> so when I first met you and you had you know a couple thousand subscribers, it wasn't until I actually like look, I'm like oh this guy's just just getting to it, but your branding was <laughs> oh, so he's good. just like a dude. <laughs> no, no, honestly, your branding was so good that I just like you hit me and I was like oh cool wow maybe I have another opportunity with like a make magazine. So I'm like oh this is just a, a dude just getting started. And then I realized you had been doing the the the, uh, the blog post prior to that. But the point I'm making is like the impression I had of you when I very first got your first email is what you are now. And hmm. it's impressive to see that change in such a short period of time and how well you're doing. And I mean, you're, you're basically creating a machine and it's impressive to see the system and the machine that you've created. And it, you, you've developed a couple of precedents with plopping ads in the middle of a video during sanding and stuff like that. And, you know, you've been able to navigate the stream and, you know, the, 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 the landscape and really create some original cool things so and like i said the minute i met you i thought that's what you already were but you grew right into it so that hmm. was impressive that is impressive wow. thank you so jimmy when you when i first started watching you there was this uh almost like this rock star quality because it was so mysterious because you didn't talk and you weren't on camera very much it was just your hands and you making stuff and I, I just thought that was the coolest thing. I'm like, he's so mysterious. I want to know more about this guy. And then a couple of years ago, you started doing the vlogs and you've been talking more and you're doing voiceover for sold out. very, you, you sold out. And I was like, <laughs> that guy is so likable. He's, uh, and, and so, oh, thank you. And I, I love the fact that you now sometimes talk, uh, and, and you still have the, the mysterious videos. And so there's, uh, there's been quite a, change with your videos that I loved it before but now I love it even more and then well, thank you and then same thing with with Bob is you know like your videos got are so much tighter like when you watch an old Bob video compared to a new Bob video like it is honed down it is it feels like it's the perfect length because the video is over with and you're like wait what what happened to those 10 minutes you know <laughs> they're well thanks man that they're, they're really well done. I was, actually, thank you. I was going to say the same thing about Jimmy. Like, it's been, you know, David, you and I have the the extra special thing of knowing Jimmy outside of the <laughs> world of everything else. Like, we actually get to hang out and do this show, and then we talk for a while before, and we text back and forth, and that's really awesome. But it's kind of the same way. When I first started watching him, it was like, 
well, he's probably a jerk. He's probably really tough. He's probably like this New York, like, what, yeah, whatever, you know. I'm just like, he's like just gonna make stuff all the time, and that's you know because Josh because you didn't talk. The background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because you didn't talk at all, and so it's been really cool that the the good parts of that persona that I wrongly assumed are still there. But through all of these other ways, you've like expanded your, you know, who you actually showing off who you actually are, and I think that's been really cool. I think it's been good for a well, lot of people you. to get like to see the accessibility of you. Where whereas before it was like, okay, here's a guy who obviously knows what he's doing. He's talented in a bunch of different ways. Um, he's probably not somebody that I would be able to hang out with because I don't know anything about him. And then now people are like, oh, he's, like, awesome, and he's, like, soft, and he's kind, and he's, like, likable, and, you know, soft is maybe the wrong word. I didn't mean that in a negative way. I mean that. No, 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 of course. In a human way. Yeah, no, no, I really appreciate that. Uh, Honestly, in the beginning, what I was doing, and I've said this a hundred times, is I was just showing off to TV people what they're missing. And that's and then I realized nobody at TV gives a crap what I'm doing. They don't pay zero attention to me. And then I got more comfortable being in this space and making friends and talking and you know, by popular demand, people, a couple of fans kept asking me, make Casey videos, make Casey style videos of vlogging. I want to know what you're up to. And that's why I started doing that because I kind of got comfortable in this environment. And I was like, all right, I'm probably never going to go back to TV for any real reason. I'm just going to stay here. And that's and that's when I just opened up. And, and that was really my, my personal evolution. So, and that's, that's how that happened. But, uh, you know, I thought I was going to show off on YouTube for a little while and then get another TV show and then go back to that. But obviously, I'm happy with the way things turned out. So. Yeah. And with David, I think um, you have changed a lot on camera. But I also think just like off camera, like you're, you, I think you've dialed in a lot more of why you're doing what you're doing and who you are. Mm-hmm. I think that's really awesome to see. I also think uh, your visual style, I don't know if this was intentional or not. But your visual style, both in the things that you make and in the ways that you present, and like pr- the new shop probably has something to do with it too. Like you've really dialed that to a, mm. a I, I want to say narrow, but that sounds negative. I don't mean it that way. I mean like in a, a focused, mm. like it seems a lot more focused in like, I know the style that I'm going to make. And if I'm going to make a table, it's going to fit in this style along with yeah. all of these other pieces. I can't say, if, ever awesome. since I can't do ever that. Ever since I met you, I could always like flip through thumbnails and, oh, that's a day video. That's a day video because of your artistic branding you always had branding like frames on everything so i think that was always very good i always look at that and go a lot of work i should do that i was like ah screw it i'll just put my name in the corner (laughs) well thanks guys that's your frame (laughs) and by the way petrudo i was trying to show the guys from this old house the other day i was trying to show them your week weekly wrap up and i couldn't find them how come i can't find them oh they've all been moved to the second channel uh, and you want to say the name of that channel just so we know? Yeah, make something too. Okay, it's simple. Because I couldn't find him in a search. I was trying to find, nothing popped up. Maybe I just was typing something wrong, but I wanted to show Kevin your weekly roundup videos. I'm going to send them to him now that I know they're still up. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> they're old videos, and so I don't, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. No. Hopefully. Cool. Um, well, you guys got anything else? We're, we're running kind of long. Um, yeah. Anything? Anything? No. no. We, we got the after show. We can talk about the after show. I'll, I'll talk about what we're making in California in the after show. Ooh. And speaking of the after show, I made a mistake. And I want to, and, and it's, I just want to point it out. So I've been saying for a long time, <clears throat> excuse me, that people who support us on Patreon, even at the $1 level, get access to the after show. And last week, my friend Ryan said, there's no $1 level. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> but you could, but you can put in any amount you want on Patreon, and he said, "Yeah, but that doesn't give you access to the after show." And I'm like, "Oh, so I've been lying this whole time by accident." So I apologize. So here's what I did, and I'm I'm saying this out loud for everybody so that they're clear. I went and I added a one dollar level to our Patreon, just so that people could come in at a one dollar. It doesn't change anything else anywhere. They could come in at one dollar and still get the after show. Now, the downside of that is that within the last two or three days, a whole bunch, not a whole bunch, a handful of our Patreon supporters have dropped down their support from 3 and $5 down to that $1 level, which is totally fine. It's not a big deal. 
Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there that if having a, the $1 level has been stopping you from supporting us on Patreon, it's there now. And that's totally an oversight on my part. So if, if you want to do that, go for it. And if so, you can go to patreon.com slash making it um, and sign up at the $1 level that is there now. And you get access to the after show, which is more of us talking. But I have to thank our top supporters. These are people who went way above and beyond the $1 level. Um, there's actually a lot of them, but specifically Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Chad from Mancrafting, Nick Ryan, Caleb Harris, and Make Build Modify. Um, so thank you to them and to everybody else. No matter what level you're at, we do appreciate the support. Sorry that I messed up the levels. It should be fixed. Thank Done. you. <clears throat> All right. And to make up for it, we're going to talk about extra secret stuff in the after show. <laughs> I don't have any. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you can't do that to us. <laughs> All right. Did you guys find picks? Got any oh, yeah. I'm going to talk. I, I want to I mention JD put out his version of my door build video from his point of view. And it's great because you see me setting up the camera in almost every shot. <laughs> so it's like a behind the scenes of my video when you watch JD's video. So look on JD's channel, JD uh, Brewer, but I think it's Apex, Apex Welding, his channel. And he just put up his video last night of him building the doors. And then I also want to just say a little bit, I want to do a little plug. The Making It TV show has its own YouTube channel. And there are a couple of cool exclusive videos that don't appear anywhere else but that channel of me and one of me and Nick. And I'm doing some kind of tips videos on there. So go and watch those videos and help me get those numbers up because I want to show them what they're missing. Because it <laughs> doesn't look like they're going to hire me back. But... So that's what I did the you other day. And those numbers, those numbers are going up. So you see, like a video's like a thousand, a thousand, and then my video's got like five thousand, a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. So I just, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to capture them by math. So last year I went from not sure I wanted to do this, and Nick recently said, "Hey, if, if we do invite you back, would you want to do it?" And I said, "Yeah, I would want to do it." It was you know, overall, it was a good experience for my so-called career. So that's why I would want to do it again. But at this point, it doesn't look good. But if my numbers go up, maybe it's something they can't can't deny. Cool. Yeah. All right. For me, um, my buddy Jonathan J. Katz Moses did a video for Popular Woodworking for their YouTube channel. Uh, they have a little series called Popwood Playback, and he uh, his video is really it's really well done. He does a, a couple little camera tricks. And he's joking around about stopping a table saw blade with your hands, and it looks really cool. And he mentions me, so I like that. I like getting mentions. So that is my pick for the week: uh, the <laughs> J Cats Moses edition of Popwood Playback. Okay, cool. Um, so a lot of people have sent me this thing this week. The other podcast that I do with Josh uh, is called No Instructions, and we build Lego sets or models while we talk about life and stuff. And so a lot of people are sending me new Lego things every time they see it. And Lego, the company, put out a, a project this past week or the week before or something. Have you ever heard of a Bugatti, the company, the car company Bugatti? Yes. Very expensive, very, yep. very fast cars. And Lego made a full-size working Bugatti out of Lego Technic bricks and no glue. Wow. And it is crazy. And I can't even remember how many pieces. Uh, I, I'm going to link to their official video about it, but there's like articles about it everywhere. It's crazy. And the whole, I mean, it drives. I think it's like top speed of nine miles an hour or something like that. <laughs> but it is a full-size car completely made out of Lego. I, you know, obviously it's got like a motor and stuff in it, but the body and everything, it's it's insane. So I think you sh everybody should watch it just for the the sake of like taking a material that's not made to do a certain thing and making it do that thing it's a it's a pretty awesome example of that so go check that out um you guys got anything else i think that's it okay cool well all right that's it we'll go on go on to the after show uh that's it for this week then i guess everybody will uh see you next time bye. see ya later bye bye, bye. later bye. Bye. Bye.